Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, and today I'm speaking with Elaine Scott, who is the new dean of the School of Engineering at Santa Clara. Um, a little bit of background on uh, Elaine Scott. Prior to Santa Clara, she served as the, the founding dean of the School of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics at the University of Washington in Bothell. And there she focused on really setting the the mission for the school and she helped triple enrollment there. Um, she earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in agricultural engineering from a, uh, a town I'm partial to, uh, Davis, from UC Davis. And she also got uh, doctoral degrees in mechanical engineering and agricultural engineering from Michigan State. In this conversation, we touch on the spontaneity of Dean Scott's career journey, her goals for the School of Engineering, and what direction she sees the curriculum taking in the next couple years. We talk about what role engineers generally play in our modern world and how anyone, whether or not you're an engineer, can apply the engineer's problem-solving mindset to a variety of situations. So thanks for listening, and here's the conversation. To start out, maybe what interested you about engineering when you were a kid? Uh, well, I had no clue of what engineering was when I was a kid, so <laughs> zero. I love math and I love science, and it wasn't till it was probably in, later in high school that I heard this thing called engineering. It had math and science in it, and I also, I guess, I was aware of engineering with the NASA because I date myself grew up in the 60s and so that was a really big deal so um, no big uh, well thought out life plan of becoming an engineer I just love math and science and where were you growing up? in Alameda just up okay. the road. Okay, yeah. And then how'd you end up in, in Davis, a city I'm partial oh, to? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, at that time, um, you had to go to the library to look up colleges. They had catalogs in the library, so go to the library, look it up. And I wanted to go to UC, and Berkeley was too close to home. I couldn't really justify living away from home. And UCLA was like, it's in Southern California. So like, no. And Davis was a perfect distance away, so mm -hmm. that's where I wanted to go, and I got in. So that was it. <laughs> yeah. And then are there any memorable moments from your college experience that you still remember today? One of my favorite moments was in February. I was just mentioning I played water polo and water polo practices in the spring, and swim team, too. It was like spring. That would still have been swim team. In February was around the first time it was sunny and it was warm enough you could go out in the pool deck and do your homework. And that was like my favorite thing <laughs> to do. Mm -hmm. And then you so you did undergraduate at UC Davis. You were studying? Agricultural engineering. Okay. And then uh, what were you thinking about your career at that point in time? 
Um, at that point, I started to interview uh, at spring quarter of my senior year. And it was sort of funny because I really started to panic because I felt like I didn't know anything. I felt like I'd learned a lot on this, you know, a lot of about a lot of different things, but I didn't know anything in depth. And so I and then one of my advisors asked me about going to graduate school and getting a master's. And so I sort of said, oh, that sounds like a good idea and allow me to get more depth. So I didn't apply till graduate school until the last day you could apply. <laughs> so it wasn't very well thought out, but it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then you, so you stayed? I stayed at Davis and mm-hmm. got my master's there. And then I worked for a year for a consulting company in mm-hmm. Sacramento. I didn't like that very much at all. And that's where then I decided, um, thinking about getting a PhD, but and I didn't know if I'd like to teach. Mm-hmm. My dad's side of the family was all teachers, and so I taught community college for a year in uh, Walnut Creek and in uh, Napa. Mm-hmm. And by that point, had you settled in on a specific discipline within engineering a little more that you were excited about? Um, I was still in ag engineering, mm-hmm. so I continued on in ag engineering and focused in on food processing. So mm-hmm. that's sort of my emphasis in ag engineering. So mm-hmm. with my master's, I got to go down to Gilroy and work on um, vegetable processing plants, the green giant, and um, also tomato uh, evaporators in the valley, and hmm. it was mm-hmm. pretty fun. <laughs> hmm. And then, how did the the PhD, or may, maybe this is later, but how did NASA come into the? Picture? Oh yeah, that was quite a bit later. Okay. So, uh, you know, how do you go from agricultural engineering to NASA? Is a good question. So, um, got my PhD at Michigan State, and got my PhD first PhD in agricultural engineering, and. Um, ended up taking all my coursework in mechanical engineering and I was in the area of heat transfer. And so a long story short, I ended up getting a second PhD in mechanical engineering and again focusing on heat transfer and heat transfer. The first one was heat transfer in foods and the mm-hmm. second one was heat related to heat transfer in composite materials. Mm-hmm. And so um, then I ended up down at Michigan, uh, Virginia Tech on a faculty position. And in that realm, um, started to do research at NASA Langley, which is on the coast in Virginia, and um, got to work on some really cool projects related to heat transfer and the materials. Uh, the X-33 was, the I think, the one you were talking about, but we were looking about what happens as the vehicle comes into orbit hmm. and the heat transfer on the surface of the vehicle as it comes in. Hmm. On the vehicle being like a space shuttle? Yeah, it was a, a planned vehicle that they never ended up building. So hmm. it was a, you know, this was planning stage, hmm. <laughs> but they didn't end up building it. So. Hmm. And did you feel... Uh, like compared to previous positions you had held in your career, like what what, what was that experience at, at NASA like for you? Like was it important to know? Well, I was I, I was working at Michigan, I mean at Virginia Tech. So, okay. but my research was at NASA Langley, and mm-hmm. I spent a couple mm-hmm. summers at NASA Langley on a faculty fellows program, 
And but it was a lot of fun. It was an awful lot of fun because you felt like, wow, you know, uh, get to work on space stuff. So that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And is the I'm trying to imagine. So the the heat from the vehicle being in in orbit has the potential to damage the materials. Well, when you come or... into when you come back down, you hit the atmosphere and it generates a tremendous amount of heat mm-hmm. because um, you're out in space and it's a vacuum mm-hmm. and it's like hitting. Uh, well, if you you know land on a swimming pool or you know do a belly flop, it's it's pretty much like that. And when you hit it at a very high speed that energy gets converted into heat so that Mm. the heat fluxes that's the rate of heat uh, being transferred is very high and it can potentially damage the vehicle so um, in designing those you really want want to understand how that heat is being dissipated in the material Mm. because if it's all at one point then it's the material's going to break Mm-hmm. Basically, and then so you you got your PhD, you done the research. What's next? Uh, well, I was at uh, Virginia Tech, and I being in the area of heat transfer allows you to study a lot of different things because everything has heat, and so I studied everything from. Um, the work with NASA, but also do work with biomedical applications and with power electronic systems. Um, so it was quite varied um, as far as the applications that I looked at. And I got interested in some of the biomedical applications, and it was sort of a, a roundabout situation when I became full professor that I got appointed to be uh, center director of a biomedical engineering center at mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. And that um, exercise, we um, ended up forming a school of biomedical engineering with Wake Forest University. And so that happened almost as soon as I started uh, in my role as center director. Mm -hmm. And we uh, formed a a new school with Wake Forest between the school, the College of Engineering at Virginia Tech and the School of Medicine at Wake Forest and the School of Veterinary Medicine at Virginia Tech Mm. as well. So that's sort of what the next step is, Mm -hmm. I guess you might say. And that was a lot of fun. So as uh, director of the school. Mm -hmm. And and did you enjoy that transition from more like practical research in the engineering field to more of a leadership position? Yeah, yeah. it was was a lot of fun uh, creating a new thing that nobody really thought about because it was a public-private relationship. It was two states, and just sort of building something new was a lot of fun. And as you go on, you sort of learn that one of the best parts about being in a leadership position is you get to see other people thrive and your your job is really to facilitate that and so that's probably the most exciting part hmm. of being in a leadership position mm-hmm. and then you were at the, the university of washington some too yeah before this right mm-hmm. so what, what was the next step after that yeah so cool. i ended up um moving to seattle mm-hmm. in 2006 and that was a family move and was at um so it always been a pub, big public institutions and ended up at uh, Seattle Pacific University and I was director of their engineering programs for about six years and that was my first experience of being at a small uh, undergraduate focused um, private university 
I learned a lot about the emphasis that they put on undergraduate education because the students got a great degree program. And then a position opened up at University of Washington Bothell, which is a campus north of Seattle. Mm -hmm. And they were starting a new school of STEM, brand new. And so I was hired as a dean of that school. Mm -hmm. So again, it was of a building exercise like I had had at uh, Virginia Tech. And Mm -hmm. we started uh, with about 500 students. And by the time I left, we had about 1900, I think, Hmm. uh, built up uh, equivalent of uh, departments and hired about 50 faculty. And Hmm. it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a little bit of a wild roller coaster, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to focus in on that experience for a second, because I think, you know, people in all walks of life and students are trying to build projects, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's difficult to go from, from something small to um, to reaching scale, right? So kind of what were some of the important steps you took or key questions you asked or like important parts of that, that process of starting that completely new school? Well, one of the things is to really, and it's, it's hard to implement that you try, is to really understand of getting people involved in the decision-making process so that they understand... Um, uh, what you're doing and sometimes you know you're successful at that and sometimes you're not but you, you try to uh, do that and also being an engineer I had a, laid out a plan of what we're going to do and so that to me helped me know you know sort of what the next steps are so mm-hmm. it was uh, pretty detailed and uh, I got joked on it about it quite a bit on campus because everybody knew I had my spreadsheets mm-hmm. <laughs> going but that's just part of the engineering background of, mm-hmm. of thinking about how to solve this problem and planning things out hmm. mm-hmm. so you, you think your background in engineering has played an important role in your leadership positions like oh yeah 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 as an engineer you learn how to solve problems mm-hmm. and you learn how to do it in a very systematic way and so um, you know some people call that being a little bit nerdy but that's you know that's who I am so that's how I approach things mm-hmm. yeah and, and if someone wasn't an engineer but was maybe entering in, into a new leadership position like what's and what, what's something they could learn from the engineering mindset without going to school for four years? Well, I think, again, is um, thinking about being very deliberate if you have if you're solving a problem, if you have something of being very deliberate and thinking out, you know, what are your constraints? Who are you trying to serve? Um, what is the problem? That's the first step is what the problem really is and um, doing it in a very systematic way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, so you're at the, the campus in the University of Washington, mm-hmm. and then how did the Santa Clara opportunity come on your radar? Uh, well, I wasn't really looking for <laughs> something, although um, both my husband and I had sort of a long-term uh, goal of getting back to California mm-hmm. since we're, as he's from Davis and I'm mm-hmm. from Alameda, and both of our moms are here. And um, but for me, time well timing wasn't great because we have a son that's still a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So can't really remember how the position came up, but I was recommended to apply. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it with Santa Clara, I went, "Oh, this is 
this is not something I want to pass by because uh, I knew the reputation of the school was very good and the location was great. And so I thought, well, let's go ahead and give this a shot. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, since since coming here, um, what's been maybe something surprising or something you you didn't fully realize when you were uh, learning about the position or yeah. applying. The, the other, I should mention the other thing about the position that was attractive was the, the new STEM campus, mm-hmm. um, just because of my experience elsewhere. Um, it, it's hard to judge when you go through the interview process. People are generally really nice, but it's really heartening, I think, when you get here and realize that the, I guess, affinity toward the campus is very high, really, really high. And so people... Um, I think take to heart the fundamental mission of the school mm-hmm. very seriously, and that's that's a really good thing. Hmm. Yeah, and then as as dean, what are a couple of the priorities that you have for the school? And like I know, you know, just in the last couple months, we've seen the the new building start to shoot up. Yeah. And for, for a while, it was just, you know, flat. Right, and right. Like, is then anything start, happening here? <laughs> when it starts going, it starts going fast. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot of work is surrounding uh, the building and our plans for how we're going to operate with that. And um, really thinking about, you know, how do you make one plus one equals three uh, in there? And so a lot of effort on that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of my work so far has been just trying to understand better how Santa Clara operates, how the School of Engineering operates, um, doing things like we just are in the process of forming a both a faculty and a staff council within the School of Engineering, and how to um, have really more transparency and decision-making processes and better ways to get information back and forth between the, at least the dean's office and the mm-hmm. faculty staff. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And in maybe if I came back in, in 10 years and went through Santa Clara's engineering <laughs> program, uh, what, what would you hope would be maybe different or improved or, or are you trying to focus at all on, on the curriculum or on partnerships or? Yeah, I think, um, one thing that the integration with the the valley, hmm. I think, uh, will continue to. We already have a lot of interactions with the valley. I think that will just continue to grow. Hmm. I think the the nature of engineering curriculum, um, the impact that computer science has on all the field is very hmm. high, and so I would expect it to be a lot more integrated with all the disciplines in engineering by then, and. Um, I think the other thing within the school, at least, is a really focused on, there's a lot of really difficult problems in the world and a big focus on those type of things. And mm-hmm. um, climate change, the impacts on the environment is a you know really big thing. Um, and so to what our, that's just for example, and what our role is uh in the world as engineers mm-hmm. in trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we've 
seen a lot of a lot of tech companies have engineers making decisions about you know how does the algorithm work, how does mm-hmm. the product work, but. Oftentimes, those engineers aren't the most qualified right, people to be making right. those those ethical decisions yeah. that influence human behavior, right? And we've seen yeah. plenty of we've negative influences. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you see Santa Clara's role in well, educating engineers? I think, I think engineers? that we have a very strong role. For one thing, um, we call it a T model, where the top of the T is the breadth in uh, the liberal arts, and that's a very sound foundation. And ethics is a really important part of that, coupled with the, the, the stem of the T is the technical knowledge, which you need to have. And the other thing I think it's really important is that you shouldn't expect one person to have all the answers. Hmm. And so how do we have engineers know to ask the questions to know people outside of engineering, mm-hmm. for example, on ethical issues? And I think that, you know, we need to have that interchange conversation so we can talk to each other. And so our, our students going out are comfortable talking with people from other disciplines about issues and rely, you know, going seeking out help when they can't quite understand the depth of a particular problem. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And maybe a one last bigger question. What would you say that up to this point in your career you're most proud of? Oh, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I can say one specific thing. Overall, the thing that's brought me the most joy is really watching um, faculty and students succeed and do well. And that's probably, I know that's a big umbrella, but that's not one specific thing. But overall, that's what brings me joy. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then a few shorter questions. Uh, uh, what piece of advice would you give to a first-year student coming into Santa Clara? I would say, you know, work hard. Don't worry about that you're making the, your life decision right now because things will change as you go through life. But just, um, you know, pick something and work real hard at it and do your best. And and also, you do something outside of your, you know, academic portion of it. Get involved with other activities, whether it be clubs or, you know, intramural sports or whatever. Mm-hmm. But pursue other things as well. Mm-hmm. But mainly, just be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And if you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that currently I would just say to treat everyone with humanity and follow Father O'Brien's uh, note on gentleness. Mm-hmm. And finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? <laughs> Um, an ideal Saturday. Well, I'll, I'll say Sunday because okay. my ideal Mother's Day mm-hmm. is when I get to work out in the yard and go for a long bike ride and go swimming and go running <laughs> and not cook. <laughs> That's an active day, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me for this sure. conversation. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Check out the website at VoicesOfSantaClara.com for some shortened transcripts. And you can like the Facebook page and follow on Twitter. I'll see you next time.